Hey, everybody, and welcome to the 50th episode of Miami Miked Up. I'm your host, Jeremy Taché, and today we are going to do something a little bit different from the norm. Uh, there is no big interview uh, that will be taking place today. It's more of an, well, we'll explain it as we go along. I have Kaylee Mizell alongside me uh, today. If you don't know Kaylee, you should. Kaylee is our digital host and reporter up in Tampa. She is covering the Orlando Magic, the Tampa Bay Rays, and the Tampa Bay Lightning on her podcast, Miked Up with Kaylee Mizell. So essentially, we are the clones of each other in the two different parts of the state. Um, but it is wonderful to have Kaylee with me. And we're going to be doing something a little bit different on today's show, like I just said. But before we get into all of that, I actually do have to ask Kaylee the question you guys always hear off the top of this show. Kaylee, what is something outside of work that has recently brought you joy? Oh, that question at this stage of life is very easy. It's my son, uh, Rio. Um, he's been doing this thing lately. It's it's, it's so cute. So I, I taught mm -hmm. him sign language. Oh, cool. Um, so this is the sign for mama uh -huh. and he's super smart. So he like knows how to like say more and please and milk and water. Uh -huh. But lately, like he's in this like mama phase. And so anybody who's like had a kid, like knows like your kid, they go through phases. Like sometimes they'll be like super attached to mom, sometimes super attached to dad. So he's in this mama phase and it's so cute. Cause like whenever I hand him off to like my babysitter or like mm -hmm. the doctor or somebody else, he just like looks at me with these like big eyes. Oh, mama oh mama, mama come on and it's just like it's like the cutest thing and like sometimes when i actually have to like leave and he gets upset it's like the most heartbreaking thing <laughs> but um but it, he always brings me joy he's just like the sweetest guy um so yeah my my how, little dude how, how exactly old is he now like exactly how many months, months. 13 yeah months. 13 that's crazy yeah that's such a cool cool time i'm only an uncle but watching all the little the little kids grow up uh on my fiance's side of the family has been really 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 wonderful they're adorable and it's also like all of those different stages are so fun so that's so cool all right so here's here's why we have kaylee here today for episode 50 uh, at behest of my uh, co-workers who told me, Jeremy, go ahead and be self-indulgent. We're going to be self-indulgent and we're going we're gonna to reflect on what these first 50 episodes have been um, with some of the coolest moments. I, I guess uh, Kaylee has a bunch of questions that she is going to ask me. Um, and in my responses, you guys will hear about some of our favorite episodes and that will lead into clips from those favorite episodes. So if you are someone who is just joining for the very first time, this is perfect for you. You're going to get a taste of what Miami Miked Up has been about since the beginning, since we started it last year. Um, and if you have been along for the ride, now will be the first time that you've heard me speak about all of these moments and, and hearing sort of my thoughts on on how all of this went. So I'm super excited. I don't know the questions that Kaylee is about to ask me. So that's making me a little bit nervous and a little bit excited. And you could probably hear that through the, the, the pace in which I'm speaking right now. Uh, but Kaylee, I guess if you want to take it away and just start, uh, you know, handing some questions over, I'm, I'm happy to answer whatever you got. First of all, Jeremy, thank you so much for having me. I do have to gas you up a little bit. You oh, have had, you have been with uh, Bally for over a year now. Um, I've known you for from the time that mm. you started. And I just have to hype you up because you came in, you hit the ground running, like within six months of you being here, you launched a podcast. You are at episode 50. Like, 
this is incredible. What you have built is incredible. You've had viral moments. You have Mm. had funny moments. Um, You've had incredible guests come on. You've told beautiful stories. You've advocated for people and situations and things. Um, So just like I I have this little clapper right here. And because this is an audio (laughs) medium, we're going to (laughs) like hype you up, man. Like you have done an incredible job. You have built an incredible audience. People love you. They trust you. Um, the stories, the interviews that you get are incredible. So I'm really excited to oh, be your this hype woman like today. Way to gas too you much. Up. Thank it you. is not way too much. You deserve all of it. You know, thir- the 30 under 30 is, is oh, for a reason. And I don't know if, if, if Jeremy's ever brought this up on his podcast, but he was UCF's uh, 30 under 30. So like he was named one of those guys, like, just you are incredible jeremy you have done amazing things and it's not just because you're like climbing you know like you're only success driven like you care about people you care about humans um you're you're really great on my own podcast what you're doing right now this is very nice you need to be like this is the self-indulgent part (laughs) like i get to brag on you uh i have the microphone i get to brag a little bit so (laughs) i am really really proud of you i'm proud to see what you've grown and uh, I'm excited to talk to you today. So I'm actually going to turn the tables on you, okay. sir. Uh, what's something that has brought you joy outside of work this week? That's a really good question. Um, I will tell you anytime, and this is going to sound super sappy, but anytime that I actually get an extended period of time to hang out with my fiance these days is something I'm cherishing. Work has been uh, a bit time consuming, Kaylee, as you know, with the playoffs going on. Um, and so this past weekend, uh, for my birthday, I got to sit in, in a rainy weekend, uh, with my fiance and watch all of stranger things season four. Um, I will not have any spoilers on this podcast. I will not do that to anyone if you haven't watched yet, but this season is incredible and just getting to hang out. Yeah. Just spending some time with my fiance was pretty, pretty great. That sounds amazing. And again, happy belated birthday to you, Jeremy. Thanks. Uh, okay. So. We're going to get into these different things. Uh, I want you to start off by telling me you have interviewed some incredible people. I, I know you have a lot of contacts with some of these people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you're you're one to shoot your shot, which I always think that people should. Um, yes. What's been your biggest pinch me moment where you're like getting ready to send out a Zoom link and you're like, am I really <laughs> sending out the Zoom link to this person? This is bonkers, man. I will say um, the first so there's been a few of those and I can kind of detail a few of them if we need I will say that like from the very beginning the first like because all of them were big I mean literally from the first episode I was talking with Izzy Gutierrez and I was like this is insane he came in studio and hung out and I was like this is this is bonkers this doesn't make any sense to me Um, the first one where I was like you know profusely sweating and panicking over what was happening was when we went to go sit down uh, with the Miami Heat on their internal media day. Um, and I'm, I'm not going to reference the specific interviews, but more just the moment of that. Our first interview that day was actually with Kyle Lowry. It's seven in the morning. You know, we're walking into the FTX arena and we're setting up and I'm like, this is a set that's been built for 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 me for this podcast for for you know nba players to come through this is nuts and the first guy who walks in is kyle lowry and i was like oh my god you're kyle lowry you know like i've i've watched your whole career and you know there there is still that sort of um 
I think the thing that's been fun about these first few episodes, first 50 episodes, and hopefully I'll, I'll, I'll get to um, keep, is that I still find this as cool as the average fan does. Like, I still think the fact that any person that I'm getting to speak to any day and do this for a living is like the coolest thing in the world. And so the idea that we were getting to do that inside, you know, the Heat's arena and Kyle Lowry's walking up to me, it was a bit of, of a, you know, pinch me moment if we go based off of your, your question in particular. Uh, last question for you. Yeah. Going into this season, what's the thing you're most excited about when you think about getting back on the floor for the regular season? Uh, getting an opportunity to play with Jimmy. Um, that's one big thing. I can't wait. Getting coached by Spo. Um, having an opportunity to play with Bam and helping him grow. Um, and Tyler, seeing you know the, the next steps those guys will take. Um, but just being down here, and you know, it's, a, it's kind of a new chapter for me personally. Mm -hmm. um, and it's still about proving for me. So I get an opportunity to step on the floor and be a professional, um, be, a, be a professional basketball player. And, you know, you say that with joy and you understand, like, this is our job, your job as a childhood kid. You still live that moment every day. So kind of going off of that, um, you've had some viral moments, some of those in, in uh, hmm. those conversations that you had. What what's been um, what has maybe been most surprising huh. about some of these interviews where you're like, oh, didn't expect you to say that. And then you're like, that is probably going to go viral. Like this is a this is a big moment. This is something that you're telling me that's either exclusive mm -hmm. or super, uh, super interesting or whatever that you're like, oh, wow, this is kind of a surprising like Miami mic'd up like special moment. Yeah, I mean. I think, uh, and I hate to, to stick with the same day um, because I do want to have a wide range of conversations here across the podcast. But, you know, obviously the, the sort of biggest viral moment that we had was with Tyler Hero. Um, and in the moment of that interview, um, when Tyler and I were speaking, it's funny, I, I didn't have, it didn't click at all that what he said, um, and for those who don't remember, uh, I had asked Tyler about sort of, you know the projection of his career some people saying he's you know an all-star some people saying you know he's nothing more than a rotation player um you know where did he see himself in that mix and he sort of compared himself in some ways in the standing of where he saw where his career could go to some huge names Luka Doncic Trey Young and John Morant which people seem to forget that John Morant was part of that conversation it's always about Luka and Trey when people bring it up but he said that, and I was like, oh, this is, you know, this is cool. This is, you know, this, it's, he's very confident. It's clear that, that he has goals. It was obvious to me in our conversation based off speaking about having a child, like you and I were just talking about, Kaylee, that like that really centered him and that he was going into this season with sort of this newfound motivation. And so when I, you know, clipped that uh, quote about, Ja and, and Luca and Trey, I was like, all right, hopefully this does well, you know, within the local market. Um, and then within about three hours of that clip being online, all of a sudden it was in the New York Post and on Bleacher Report and on ESPN social platforms. And I was like, what is happening right now? It was absolutely bizarre and so cool. And also, I'm not going to lie, I spent half of that day like in a in a 
panic flop sweat of like poor Tyler because people are misconstruing what it is that he said and is he gonna be mad at me and am I gonna be the you know the goat in all of this of like ah oh, blame Jeremy for where this went but instead Tyler started his season so hot and it sort of became this weird like national talking point to where I'm getting tweets at halftime of games of national games it's like hey Shaq is talking about you know Tyler Hero in the same conversation or Charles Barkley saying that and it was absolutely bizarre so that that was like just the coolest moment um to experience to see something go viral in that way and also showed like you know what type of um passionate fans exist when it comes to this miami heat team as well um, and how quickly things can sort of grow we've seen all sorts of different projections right, right? like some people are like oh this dude's a role player other right. people this is a hall of famer <laughs> where do you see yourself where do you fit into the mix on that i know you take it one day at a time mm-hmm. but as you see yourself what are the types of goals you have long term yeah i mean i feel like you know i'm in the you know same conversation as, as as those guys the young guys coming up in the league who can be you know all-stars superstars one day um you know luca trey um, ja, you know, those guys like that. I feel like I'm, you know, my name should be in that in that category too. Um, I put the work in and I'm just continuing to get better every single day. So, you know, I got a lot of goals in mind to be, be an all-star one day and continue to, to chase my dreams. So I'm really excited to see where I, where I can go. Yeah, it was really cool to see to see like those graphics. And then you I remember like seeing one on ESPN on Instagram and it was like a picture of you guys and then you like swiped Crazy. and then it was like the actual video of you guys talking and the conversation and like your face there. Yeah. Um, so it was really cool for all of us to su- to see you and support you in that moment as well. Thanks. Um, you have had a lot of funny people on the podcast you are yourself somebody who like i find funny um i i enjoy the jokes that you make i (laughs) very much enjoy i think everyone does your twitter um (laughs) what have been some of the funniest moments that you're like that you're like in the edit you're like coming back and you're like laughing out loud at like how funny that was um that you've had on the podcast so I, I you're right there have been a few people who have who like make me laugh like who are just genuinely funny people uh the first one being chris cody from the levitard show who came on and we just spent 40 minutes sort of laughing with each other about nonsense uh i would say that that when you said that the first thing that should come to mind is is Josh Gad because he's literally a a comedic person. Uh, it's part of his job is to be a comedic actor. Uh, but he actually gave me really great sports analysis. So he's not the first person that comes to mind. And really cool sports stories from his youth. The first person that comes to mind is is Dontrell Willis. Um, I had Dontrell on, um, and for me when you brought up the pinch me moments before he was almost the answer i was eight years old when the marlins won the world series in 2003 when he made his major league debut i remember it like it was yesterday and then he was one of my favorite players in the history of major league baseball so we had him on the show and again i was sitting there during the interview just like what in the i'm talking to dontrell willis right now just like about my favorite childhood moments you know like it's his career but it's my favorite childhood moments and there were a couple of moments within that particularly when he told me that he did not like the nickname d train and that he really actually hated it and yet still has to go by it because everybody knows him that way we were absolutely losing it like laughing out loud um, just over over some of the stories there um, and and to me like that was as 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 
wide ranging of an interview as we had where we were able to talk about some you know some serious things and have some real conversations and then delve into real like sports analysis and then also spend you know 20 of the 45 minutes just kind of laughing so uh d-train was the first one that comes to mind or uh, sorry dontrell yeah don't yeah, no don't call D-train. dontrell don't call me d-train d-train willis yeah there he is <laughs> I'm about to turn eight years old when you get called up in May of 2003. And I remember being in my third grade class writing uh, little articles that I had for what I was calling ESPN Junior that I was handing out to my class because I was that dork, right? I was that dork who played baseball, but already said, I'm probably not going to make the major leagues. I'll I'll go ahead and be the ESPN guy. So that that was the thought at the time. Um, And and I remember it vividly, you coming up and providing a spark. So you're traded to Florida from the Cubs system in 2002. You're called up by May of 2003, and you have immediate success at the big league level. Could you take me back to what it felt like to be D-Train at 21 years old and thriving in what was this sort of immediate sprint to success? Um. First of all, like I, I get asked that a lot and I hated it the whole time. And let me let me explain it. Yeah, because it it felt like I'm a team guy. And you can ask anybody that's played with me on the Marlins, like they'll tell you it's like Don Trell's all about the team. So mm. as the success started to come and I saw conductor hats and people are whistling, train whistles at me at Publix. I mean, it was surreal. It's really outer body, but I just wanted to be for the team. So I felt like really singled out and I hated when people call me D train. I absolutely hated it. And, no. and listen, and, 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 and I mean, no disrespect by it, but it was just like, I, I didn't like them just talking about me. Sure, I like sure, our sure. team starting to be at the forefront and, you know, it was it was crazy because AJ Burnett, who's the one that gave me the name D Train, he's like, dude, you're gonna we're gonna go as far as you take us. Like you have to welcome this. And then I started to be more warm to it. And you know, people stop me and tell me do the leg kick at the grocery yeah. store. I do it for it's anticlimactic, but whatever. Get you know, out of here. just fun stuff like that. Yeah, just fun. But I just was happy that our team was getting the respect that it deserved. You know what I mean? And, and, and credit to our team. I think we responded well. We really turned it around and started playing better baseball. You saw the fans started coming back. It was like 25, 30,000 people when I'm facing Randy Johnson. It was traffic getting to the stadium. It's like, what the hell is going on here? Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So I was happy to be able to be a part of, of something that was an upstart. It was very cool. It was so special. Like, there was no yeah. time like that. I remember. Oh, please. I don't want to tell you it's not a Santa Claus. I don't hate D-Train. I was just <laughs> saying it, 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 it's levels to this. Like, I just didn't. I, I, I don't take compliments well. So, this that whole thing and what you talking about, Willis Sign. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. It, it, was a lot, it was a lot for me. It okay. was a lot for me. Okay. But it was fun. It was I fun. Can- You've also uh, divulged into serious topics at times. And I want to know who's given the best advice on the podcast or or a moment that you remember thinking like oh wow this is something that is really thoughtful and that i know my fans and the viewers are going to get a lot out of um but also like this piece of advice is going to stick with me for some time too that's very that's a great question um because you're right we've been really lucky to have people be vulnerable on the show um and I feel really grateful that people have been willing to like share their stories with me. Um, I think that I actually think that that I'm going to give you again a bit of the general answer. This is not making my life as an editor any easier and figuring out what clips to actually play. But 
what's been really cool is that I think if anybody young in this field um, has been listening to any of the episodes where we've had other sports journalists on and I've been able to sort of get them talking about their path to where they are, every single one of them somewhere along the way was telling me either about mentors or the ability to take risks or, you know, sharing something that within their career was great advice that they got. And I would say that also three people in particular who I got to speak to in Jessica Blaylock, or four people even, Jessica Blaylock, Ruthie Polinsky, Sarah Spain, and Ashton Batuso. I asked each of them about being women in sports and sort of the way that 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 experience is different and what they had to do to sort of break through all all the noise and all of the the obstacles that are there to be not only respected but also you know whether it's a trusted source or using their comedy because heck you know kayla and i you you we've talked about this where being a funny woman in sports is not as easy as being a funny man because then it's an automatic questioning of how much you know if you just try to make a joke around sports right and so to be able to speak with all four of them who all four of them in my view have a pretty good sense of humor um sarah and ashton in, in particular like use that often whether that's on twitter or you know in their actual work um i was grateful for all of that advice and then folks like eric reed and will manso you know sharing stories of of their path and and you know the people in in their worlds who helped them get on the right direction um it, it has been really cool to hear people um, share that advice. So I would say in sort of a general answer, the the journalism advice that we've been given, the, the media advice that we've been given would be sort of uh, what stood out to me. When you were first getting into the industry and you were coming up against some of these barriers to entry, what was maybe a, a, a tough lesson or a great piece of advice that you received early on that sort of helped you penetrate through and be able to make headway the way that you did? I definitely was naive. Um, I even read some books about the industry and, you know, things that I should expect as a woman. And I think because I'd always been sort of just brash about like, if I work really hard and I do things really well, then there shouldn't be any problems. Right. And that had worked for me in junior high and high school and college, but right. I'm very privileged, right? I grew up in a great area. I got to go to an amazing Ivy League school. I worked my ass off and I, I I worked for it, but like plenty of people who are smarter and better than me and everything could could not have had those opportunities despite all of their hard work. So I was aware of that, but I think I really realized that when I started to get into sports and I moved back to Chicago after living in LA for six years to take a job at a startup website. And despite not having a master's, despite not being a journalism major, despite never having covered a single team other than, you know, writing some articles for the Cornell Daily Sun about soccer and some other sports, just as a, just, we'll just, this is what they assigned me to because I was an athlete. Right. Um, I started being sent straight into locker rooms of professional teams. So, you know, a lot of people, I envy that they were at like a college level or maybe even covering high school. Instead, my very first gig is, okay, go interview the Blackhawks, Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, the team's about to make this incredible turnaround. They're one year away from their first Stanley Cup in 50 years. So they are the talk of the town. And Holy cow. what I learned with that and the Bulls and the Cubs that year was that what I knew about myself and my own intentions and what I knew about who I was as a person 
didn't matter if what everybody else thought about me was something different, as unfair as that might be. And so being a woman, six feet tall, I got a big rack of lamb, can't put them anywhere, can't hide them. That's just <laughs> life. Right. Um, and not having known any of the people in those rooms from coming up. I had been out of Chicago right. for six years. I was, you know, my high school was north of Chicago. I didn't grow up in the city. So other than Rick Tellender, whose kids went to my high school, who I knew, I'm in a room full of people. They're like, where'd she come from? And what's her deal? And I was also working for a startup website where the goal was to get the players, you know, kind of personalities and get them to be funny. It wasn't to ask, how's the penalty kill doing or something right. like that. It was literally like, hey, Christopher Stieg, I heard you wrapped all of Fergie's glamorous at the Halloween party without needing any teleprompter. Like, can you do some right now? So they're over in the other corner asking, you know, about the PK and I'm over here and Chris is like, I'm talking champagne. <laughs> and I and that's what I was supposed to be doing. And I did it really well to the point where the Blackhawks started doing videos like mine because they realized the fans loved it and they wanted to get to know the players. But that's not always going to ingratiate you to people who've been on the beat forever. And they're like, what is this? Right. And so unfortunately, I had to deal with all the stuff you hear about. I was maybe in the clubhouse for two weeks, two and a half weeks. I don't think any of the players even knew my name. And I heard from someone who worked in the business that a longtime reporter had gone to the PR staff and said, I must be sleeping with one of them because they were giving me better answers. Unbelievable. Um, again, I'm 27, I think. So I'm 27 and I'm talking to them like them and I'm not, you know, flirting and being weird. I'm just talking to them like, and maybe some 55 year old dude who's been at it for years just doesn't connect with them that way. Or maybe he's boring because he's been in there every day for 30 years, whatever. Um, so that was really hard for me. Same thing with the Cubs. I had issues where a, a friend of mine that I had made was in one of the meetings and the PR staff said that my boobs were distracting and she thankfully was in there and she's like, well, what's she supposed to do with them? <laughs> like, that's you know? crazy. And yeah. so it was all the stuff I had heard about, but for whatever reason, being as entitled as I was, I walked in, I'm like, I'm a division one athlete, Ivy league work super hard, come in and ask good questions. Don't get in the way. I'm going to be fine. It's all the other people that get messed with. And as it turns out, it's not, it's about the other people. It's not really about you. And so that was a tough lesson, but the good advice I got was somebody who'd been in the business forever, Steve Cochran. And he said, just be so good that they can't say no to you. And so I came up a bunch of barriers. I had a lot of issues then getting access to the athletes and, and it was really tough. And then when I got hired by ESPN, come back in with ESPN credential, it's like, oh, I guess I'm back. And now you can't yep. say no. Um, so it was great advice from him and I took it. You are a guy who jives really well with people. You have a really good report. It's what makes you good at your job. You have a really good report. You have a great personality. It's really easy to talk to you, which is why uh, Miami Miked Up has been so successful. This is probably going to be one of the harder questions I ask you because of that fact. If you had to pick one of the people that you have interviewed in the last 50 episodes to be your all-time co-host, oh, who would it be? Oh, man. Oh, that's a terrific question. Um, but also really hard. I'm that's sure. Really hard. I'm literally. You interviewed a lot of. Really I want you to know people. that I'm literally looking at a list right now. All right, I would say I'm going to go all the way back to episode one. Uh, Izzy Gutierrez. I think Izzy and I have super similar sensibilities. Um, not only has he been a a mentor in some some respects, but also like I just in my like I enjoy watching him make content, and I think that. It's been obvious every time we've had a conversation that like we could keep talking for much longer. And I think that that's what makes a great co-host um, someone who all of a sudden it's been an hour, not like, all right, how are we going to get to 
40 minutes. Um, and so, yeah, I think uh, I'm just trying to think of what would make the best show. I'm now I'm like sitting here, like literally trying to like produce it in my head of like, OK, but Sarah would be great for this. And 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 oh, man, Kayla Martin would be fun. And Gabe Vincent was nice. And, you know, I'm sitting here just like turning sports people into media personalities. But, yeah, I think um, I think if, if, if of all of those people, uh, yeah, Izzy would be probably the the best co-host for me although if anybody else is listening that wants to be my co-host you know and you're you're you just you know you're all great uh, i love you guys please don't be mad at me no one will be mad at you no it's it's just about that yeah that back yeah, and forth I, that rapport uh which again you have with almost everyone and along those lines being really good at your job means that you have to do things at the very last minute so uh, i know that a lot of times you have a plan in place and then that plan huh. changes and then uh, somebody offers you uh, to, to, to do an interview and you just say yes. So Ooh. what has been the like come down to the wire? Yeah. Uh, like edge of your seat. I don't know who we're going to interview. And then you get the interview and you're like, this was amazing. I'm so glad it came together. I was stressed, but I'm so glad this came together. The most stressful moment that I've had doing this was, and maybe not even stressful because it all happened so fast that I didn't even have the time to be stressed, was that I was reaching out to try to get Josh Gad on the podcast. Um, and Josh joined with David Lang. David Lang is a producer at WPLG Channel 10 here in South Florida. And so David and I had had sort of messaged back and forth because like you mentioned, I sort of just shot my shot on Twitter after Josh. Josh was complaining about something with the Dolphins or, so, you know, one of one of the teams. Um, he was, you know, sending out sports tweets. And I literally just replied and said, hey, you want to come on my podcast and talk about it? Uh, and I tagged David because I knew they had a childhood friendship. And Josh responded almost immediately like, yeah, I'm down. So I was communicating with David about potentially setting something up, you know, two, three weeks down the line, maybe I, I was literally, I also, um, I do some work with, uh, the Dan Lebetard show with Stu Gatz and, and Metal Arc Media. And so I was, I was at their studios at the Clevelander, um, I was at their studios at the Clevelander and I get a DM from David that's like, Hey, can you give me a call? So I call him and one thing leads to another back and forth and it's, Hey, Josh can do the interview tomorrow i'm already committed to being at the clevelander again was it tomorrow was it today i don't even remember how it all works out but basically what ends up hours. happening yeah it's, it's either hours later it's days later but but either which way i'm i'm in the position where now i'm grabbing a hotel room key taking my computer going up to a room that's essentially used for storage, moving a bunch of cardboard boxes around and getting them out of the way so that it looks like I'm in a presentable area, sitting on a cardboard box, leaning my computer and all of my mixer and my microphone and everything up against like a two foot wide little ledge that really is underneath the TV just to be used for like remotes and for cups and things like that. And I've got like all of this equipment all piled on. I'm squeezed together. I'm trying not to let them see anything that's beyond what's just right in front of my face. I'm shining lights from every given direction. I went and grabbed somebody else's phone. I'm using it as a spotlight and then couldn't connect to Wi-Fi. So I'm using my phone as a hotspot 
praying that it's gonna work all the way through forgot my charger downstairs so watching the battery of the computer dwindle down during this conversation and just praying that the computer doesn't die because i'm not going to mention to josh gad hey I forgot my charger. Can you wait five minutes and let me go get my charger? That's not going to happen. So literally, it was just a sprint of a conversation. And then when it was over, I literally, I closed out the Zoom. I watched it load to where, you know, it's converting your meeting. I made sure that all of the files worked. And then I looked around the room and it looked like a tornado had gone through. Like it was, there were shirts and, and boxes and there were things all over the place. Um... And then it was over, and I went back and listened, and I was like, holy cow, Josh Gad, who was just on this podcast. Like, this is crazy. Um, and we had such a blast, and I'm still so thankful to David for for setting that up and and literally, like, working with me down to the wire to to make that happen. But, man, we have had some some moments where we don't know who's going to be on the show up until about an hour before but when you're dealing with also i don't know where we're going to record this and if i'm going to be able to record this and i'm technically doing other work elsewhere what are we doing it was uh it was a blast it was a blast yeah those are the moments that you look back years from now and you're like oh like super stressful in the moment yeah. but then you look back and you're like dang those are like the golden years that oh, i already really, feel that way <laughs> really cool yeah oh i wish I, I i hope maybe you do maybe you don't but uh, it'd be cool if you had a picture of that like scene. I'm just like trying to imagine I, it. You know what? I'm gonna while we're here, I'm just gonna look and see if I do. But I on I truthfully don't remember if I took any sort of pictures of what was going on. Um, so it turns out I don't have any photos of that moment. I just scrolled through and looked. We took time. Uh, you all aren't hearing this on the podcast, but we took about 45 seconds there for me to go look for photos, and I I didn't take a picture, which shows exactly what kind of mayhem state i was in at the moment uh but yeah that was that was probably as wild as it got in terms of planning things down to the last second but but pretty fun uh yeah certainly pretty fun watching sports and admiring those sort of on the greatest stage of what sports could be did that have any sort of influence on on your passion for performing or are you able to sort of relate to what it is that these guys are going through when they're performing in that way oh, 100% I was I was actually saying this last night so I've been watching the Olympics and and sort of love this time of the year when when there's Olympic games going on and I was talking to a buddy of mine and and I was talking about you know just watching um, uh, what's his name? Who who won gold last night in uh, in men's figure skating? And just talking about the pressure cooker of having to perform on the biggest stage possible, and knowing the possibilities or the consequences it, should you succeed or fail. Yep. Right. When I said that to my friend, he looked at me and he goes, "Well." It's really no difference in going out on stage every night, isn't it? And and we're opening a movie. It's it, it's that same relationship with with an audience 
you know, and and expectations. Every night that I went out on stage for Book of Mormon, right. it was always, you know, how how is how am I going to, you know, not fall under the pressure of expectations and and the weight of, you know, everybody coming in with um with their own sort of like, all right, prove prove to me that this is, you know, as good as everyone says it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and while it's obviously a very different skill set, uh, that that. That level of competitiveness or whatever you want to call it is something that that is uh, pretty strong and, and something that I think has definitely um, attributed to, to my success. You know, it's 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 that it's that idea of wanting to be as good as I can be at this sport called entertainment. Well, I remember like when you did tell us that, that you're having Josh on, it's like one of those things where it's like. It's kind of like a dream guest, you know what I mean? For it's sure. a dream guest. And you've had a lot of those. Hmm. So kind of like forward thinking. Um, now that you have had some of the most incredible, funniest, coolest uh, people on your podcast to tell stories and to get to know them, uh, who now at this point, after you've already interviewed all these people, who would now be your dream guest, your dream get? It's a really great question. Um, there's there's a few different people that sort of come to mind off the bat um the very first is katie nolan uh i'm just a huge fan of all of katie's work i have always been a fan of katie's work i think that what she's doing on friday night baseball right now is incredible and i think that every single broadcast booth should be like what katie has created uh there i think it's amazing um and and their whole team like i think they've done an awesome job um and yeah, I mean, I think that that getting to speak with her about the way that she sort of climbed through sports in, in such a different way from literally anybody else. Um, and it's a way that I admire. Like, I think that that um, there's so many of us that are trying to find our niche within sports um, and trying to find our own voices. And um, that's something that Katie never loses sight of, is that she always has her voice regardless of what platform she's on. And I think that's super admirable. Um, and I'm also just like a huge fan. I think she's hilarious. Uh, another person speaking of comedy is actually, uh, Ian Carmel. He's a, uh, he's the head writer for the late show with James Corden. And he hosts a podcast, which is like my very favorite called all fantasy, everything. Um, and he's actually a very knowledgeable sports person as well. So like he, it would be a re I think would be just an absolute blast of an interview to be able to kind of go back and forth between like him making everybody laugh and making me not look funny. Uh, and then us getting to talk about sports too. He's a huge Blazers fan. Um, and then the last person, um, I'm, you know, let's be honest, I would love to have Dan Lebitard on this podcast. Um, I think that it would be, uh, it would be very cool for me because I, I will say like, I have without even consciously doing it, taken a ton of the style of questions that I ask from the way that Dan interviews people. I've always admired, um, not only his writing, but the way that he interviews. Um, I think that his his means for asking questions and, and getting to the core of human beings is like, it's unmatched. He's as good as it gets within within the sports realm. And I just think like in general um, of doing that with people. And so if I could have the challenge of trying to do that a little bit with him, I think that would be uh, a lot of fun. But man, I, I mean... There's there's some really special people out there in sports. I stuck with more of of the folks who are like us in in media. Um, 
but yeah, I just think that that getting to speak with with any of those three at any point, that's on the next 50 episodes, hopefully we can make at least one of those happen. I think so. I think so. A lot of those folks that you just mentioned have really good chicks that they do. Yeah. So, and and you've done some of those on the podcast. Hmm. So I want to know from you, what's been like the the best or, or the most fun, enjoyable game or like shtick huh. that you have done throughout this podcast? So the 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 main game that we've played has sort of been a variation of the same thing over and over again, whether it's like layup or foul or. Uh, homer or strikeout or you know however i've phrased it it's essentially one or the other um but it's actually been fun i think the most fun that i've had when doing that has been uh particularly more with athletes than when i've interviewed folks within media even though maybe you know there's more polished answers and like deeper conversation on some of the answers when it comes to uh, like other media folks like us who know how to you know speak on air and all that stuff. Uh, but when I've asked some of the players, some of their thoughts, like their their strong opinions, like whenever somebody's like, no, it's definite, like this is 100% the way it's done. Or, you know, I remember asking, I think it was Gabe Vincent, like, you know, East Coast or West Coast. And he was so offended that I like even, even threw it out there because he's from California. Like, come on, man. Like, that's not that's not how we do things around here. Like, you're not going to try to try me on this. Um, so yeah, I think that that's been a lot of fun with people. And it's always been a fun way of just sort of breaking things up at the end of a long conversation, because as, as everyone who has actually, you know, been listening to the interviews throughout has seen, I, I do my best to try to like, not keep things way too serious the whole time. And I'll try to break up a couple of serious conversations with, with the funny one, if possible, or at least something a little more lighthearted. Um, but to really be able to kind of just like purposely try to make everybody laugh at the end with subjects that matter to them, or it's the closest that we come to any sort of improvisation at the end when it's question and answer in a real interview format, there's not a lot of times that I want to like jump in and try to make someone laugh because they might be giving a, a, a real thoughtful answer. So to have the format at the end where it's like, all right, we're just kind of off the cuff for five minutes here. Nothing is really gonna be tight like i'll clean it up in an edit you know like let's have some fun uh that that's been that's been the most fun for me what's been a surprisingly deep and thoughtful conversation that maybe you were shooting your shot and you asked the question but you weren't sure if it was going to go there if you weren't sure if the conversation would wind up at this point even though maybe you wanted that mm. um so yeah just a thoughtful conversation that you've had victor oladipo uh immediately comes to mind that dude is so thoughtful um everything that he says sounds like he's been ruminating on it for you know 30 years like it's it's unbelievable the it, it, like the care that he has for words um he's just a really thoughtful guy and um when i spoke to him before the season uh he said two things to me that were really special um and it actually both got you know a little bit of play one of them more so than the other but i asked him at the time about his injuries and you know he was still in the middle of rehab he was still in a lot of pain and he really opened up to me and and acknowledged like yeah when it when i go to walk from the bedroom to the kitchen like it's like stepping on knives is what he said and i was like oh my goodness and and in following up he was he was willing to give more um and that was the part that i thought was so cool was that 
this had nothing to do like that had nothing to do with me and asking questions that had everything to do with a guy who was in a space emotionally and mentally to be willing to have that conversation and then also was a thoughtful enough person to to want to be able to articulate it and so later in the conversation when i then brought up Dwayne wade who was his like you know teenage hero um and now getting to play down here in miami and the whole thing he just he told me the story of the first time that they met at the white house when barack obama was president and he was invited to a function and there's Dwayne wade at his table and and ultimately it helps him decide and where he's going to go to college and he you know he told me this whole story and i was just i was so blown away by not only how thoughtful victor oladipo was but just see how seemingly kind he was as a dude um we don't ever get to know these people if you're not there every single day, right? We're not every single day beat reporters. And even then, there's there's a barrier to entry of truly getting to know human beings. But I think when you sit down across from a person and sort of stare them in the eye, you know, we're doing this via Zoom, but that that was all done in person. Um, and even on Zoom, you can do that, I think. But, but when you get to sit down in front of a person face-to-face and just have a conversation with them and get to talk to them about, gosh some of their like darkest moments and some of their brightest uh it can be it can be really special um and and that one will i think always stand out for me at media day you were talking about how hey man i I can just i can walk to the kitchen without pain can you can you describe to the people what it was that you were really going through because i think when when you guys as athletes go through injuries we go oh here's a timetable we don't really think about the actual day-to-day pain that that might cause. So could you talk about some of, you know, when you were going through everything with this injury, some of the some of the, the highs of recovery, but also maybe some of those lows? Honestly, it's uh, the words can't really describe it. You know, uh, the pain that I was going through, um, what I was going through in general, what I'm still going through today. You mm-hmm. know, I'm still human. Um, my pain tolerance is at another level, though, but um, it was just tough, man. You know, just getting out of bed was hard. Mm. Getting out of bed and not knowing what kind of step you was going to have. Or getting out of bed and knowing that you you weren't going to feel on balance. Or getting out of bed in your first three steps feel like you're stepping on a, on, on knives. So, I mean, it's it's it was a tough process. But, you know, to be able to play the last two years in the best league in the world on one leg <laughs> gives you perspective on what kind of human being you are and what kind of strength you truly have. So I'm just trying to hone in on that strength and that ability. Uh, so when I get healthy, that I never forget that. I never forget, you know, what I went through and, you know, how much I had to endure um, mm. so I can appreciate it more. So kind of opening the floor a little bit more for you, okay. Jeremy. Uh, I just want you to share maybe for the audience. Uh, everybody has like, you know, some of their maybe uh, uh, best moments. But can you give me like a top three, like these, you know, just it it doesn't have to be like the funniest or the most thoughtful, but just like things that you're going to like, you know, cherish in your heart. Like these are um, if you had to sum up Miami mic'd up elevator pitch in in three, three uh, moments, what would those moments be? Man, that's like that's a really good question. That's tough. I think our very first episode. Um, set the tone in a really cool way because I was getting to speak with both Izzy Gutierrez and Jazz Chisholm Jr. And in that episode, um, I asked Jazz the types of questions that that I want to ask athletes. 
Um, and given where we were, that was August of, of 2021. You know, Jazz was not quite this level of superstar yet. He was emerging. Um, and so it was such a cool moment to get to be able to talk with him about like where he sees baseball going and where he saw his career going and all those things. And then to speak with Izzy and to get to do not only some analysis, but also share old stories um, from years past of covering teams down here or sharing some advice. Like I think we, we hit on a lot of the key benchmarks right away with that first interview. And what that allowed to do or allowed me to do was feel comfortable with that style and knowing like, okay, I, I guess this, I guess, hopefully, I guess this will work. And so you then go to further conversations where I would say like that Victor Oladipo interview or, you know, any of those episodes with the Heat and the Panthers, you know, a, a few weeks later where it's like, okay, I will say as that, at that moment, I went, okay, this, this, this is where we can go. This is what we can do. Um, so I would say if you want sort of three episodes then that we can kind of link together, I would say episode one, Jazz and Izzy. I would say episode with Dontrell Willis. And I would say the episode with Sarah Spain. And if you if you take those three and you could and you could take the the Sarah episode and you can make that Chris Cody or you can make that Zach Harper, who was recently on or any other sort of national sports media pundit. But by being able to sort of localize the way that we did with Izzy and and in terms, you know, some of these other local broadcasters and to have jazz, I think it all it all would would work that way. I don't even remember what I just said. I'm 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 totally BSing you here, Kaylee. I don't know. I no, don't know how to answer your question. A, <laughs> no, it's it's beautiful and it paints this like overarching picture. And I think it gets to uh, the question that I kind of want to wrap up with, which Perfect. is, what do you want people to take away from mm. Miami Miked Up? You have a, a a great following, great subscribers. I've sung your praises you're an incredibly hmm. thoughtful person you ask thoughtful questions you're funny i mean you you're like the justin timberlake of podcasting Get you got it here. all don't you know? do that to so, me thank you thank so you what you know if, if, if this is the first episode someone is listening to and they're like what is this podcast what is this podcast what have you wanted yeah. to do with miami mic'd up i think that you've I think you've done it. I think you've done a really great job. But like to put it in actual words, what was your what was your goal with this? Well, thanks first of all for everything this entire episode. It's like it's all it's like I want to I'm sitting here already just like oh my god, I want to edit out all the compliments. I can't take it. Uh so thank you. Um I I would say our like my goal was to tell people stories. Um I really wanted to tell stories whether those were stories in the moment or whether they were overarching. Um, and I, I like, hopefully that's, you know, what we continue to do here. Uh, but I would say like, that's been the goal from the start. Um, I do feel like we've accomplished it in some ways. Um, I think that like, what's been fun about this project, and this is where like, I, I've taken far too long to be like, super thankful for all of the support that we've had, like both you and I in creating this and also like the uplifting of hey yeah you know take your creative vision and run with it like do it do it what you think is best here we're not going to ask you what questions you're asking people we're not going to like 
make you book anybody specific any given week. Like this is, you guys can figure it out, take your project and fly. And that's been so special. Um, and I feel incredibly fortunate that Bally has like put us in that position to succeed. Um, and so with that, like in wanting to tell stories, I, I'm pretty sure I said it in our trailer where I was like, hopefully you will have learned something about the person that you're listening to. And so whether that has been some of these more long form interviews, whether that's with players or journalists and getting to dive a bit into their stories, um, or whether it's been bringing somebody on for a second or a third time to just break down what was happening on a given team. You know, we've had some episodes where it was, hey, Eric Reed, come back and let's talk basketball. Or Tony Ferentino, we've had him on a few times to, to break down the heat. Um, we did the same thing with the Panthers, where we've had people come on, you know, around the playoffs and just break down what was going on from a sports perspective. But even then, my hope is that whether through my analysis or through theirs, you heard something from a perspective you didn't think of before. And so I think that's also something that that I'm always trying to get out of an interview is when asking people like the type of advice that they would give to a person in, in their position 10 years ago or you know anything of that sort of nature, it's me hoping that one person who's listening will be able to get something out of that and it'll help them whether it's on their career path in their life or experiencing joy right like just just getting to kind of live in those moments and that's why we start like that's why i start every episode with that question because i want not only the guest to like get to ruminate on what's made them feel joyful but like if you're listening and you're just hearing someone speak about what it is that made them happy you're probably also going to have a smile on your face. Like that's, that's, that's the whole point of this, isn't it? Like that's the whole point. So hopefully we get to continue to um, tell those stories in the way that we have. And um, I just, I like, you know, every second of this job is like a pinch me moment. Like I, this is all the fact that we're doing this podcast in this sort of way where I'm just getting to talk about what it is that we've been doing. Like it's all, it's all crazy and it's um yeah this is this is special so thank you for facilitating it thank you jeremy i am really excited to see where you go in the next 50 episodes uh it's been a joy to celebrate you and what you've done in the last 50. thank you kaylee uh i guess this is where <laughs> we'll wrap up so miami mic'd up fans you can look for another episode of miami mic'd up toward the beginning of next week um, we will keep this thing rolling and thank you for, uh, being along for the first 50. This has been, uh, such a joy so far, and I cannot wait to continue to have all these conversations with all of our amazing guests and all of you, uh, especially in my Twitter mentions. Thank you for listening to Bally Sports Florida's Miami Miked Up with me, Jeremy Taché, and a special thank you to our national sponsor in Southeast Toyota. Visit your local Toyota dealers or toyota.com today and take advantage of the amazing deals on their full line of vehicles. No matter your destination, Toyota goes with you. Toyota, let's go places.